You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics podcast at secondprintcomics.com. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Where are you going? What? I'm thinking yep. about it. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Okay. Three, two, one. Hola, bitches. Come with us. No, I don't want to start with that. Okay. Three, two, one. Shit, I had like a whole bunch of stuff planned. Not Make it classy, thing. but also a degenerate panel episode, so get ready. Ooh. Welcome to a classier degenerate panel. We're going to start with that as the cold opening. Thank you once again, one and all new and old listeners to On The Run. I'm Remster W. Martinez, making the pitch now. So in case you dodge out later, because things get uh, a little bit over your head here and there, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRemso, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O. Keeps the conversation going. Uh, Usually... I have a better introduction, but this is kind of an all-over-the-place episode. As many of you know, through the past couple weeks, uh, I've been traveling. By the time you're listening to this, I'll have come back from Florida. I'm currently in Virginia, and I will be getting ready to go back to Milwaukee for some other awesome Super Secret Squirrel work stuff. But in the meantime, we're just here catching up. I'm not drinking anything tonight. I'll, we'll, see, we'll see what anyone else is right now. I might grab a beer some point and leave someone else to awkwardly fill in the moments in between my absence but let's just go ahead and get along with the show we've got the degenerate panel back one and all let's go ahead and introduce them down by the row we've got tonight's not producer not producer derek derek how's life that's going good you know i'm just here to have a good time talk with my friends maybe ramble a little bit i don't know 
Derek's, figure it out as we Derek's go. I love just it. a man. I'm just a man yeah. on a mission. But no, there's actually mission. no mission. That's just kind of alive. <laughs> just a man trying to live his life. Yes, sir. There's a song in there somewhere. Speaking of song, some call him the songbird of a generation. Will you ever hear his vibrant, life-altering vocals? Maybe not. We've got one quarter Persian, Zed. Zed, what's you up to? I'm doing pretty well, RJ. I'm finally going back on campus for classes, so that's a good change. But oh, I'm you got the jab? Much, uh, no, I I haven't, but I got to get tested every week. So, you know, trade-off, I get to know if I have COVID or not every week, and the cigar shop is right next door. So, hey, it works out. Hey, but yeah, a good deal. Yeah, I'm done with all my classes, so I'm just doing my capstone. So, does it, does it feel real at this point? Like you're really at, like at the door to leave very uh, soon. I'm so ready. I just want to get this project out of the way and just yeah. move on with my life. Derek, you just jumped in, so go ahead and uh, see your piece. You know, uh, since that COVID testing place right next to the cigar shop, yeah, I, I guess couldn't you just smoke a cigar and be like, all right. I taste a cigar. I'm good. <laughs> you know, to be honest, it's probably the cigar smoking which has prevented me from getting COVID. Like, like if you years. like if you walk into the shop and you don't smell anything, and you smoke a cigar, you don't taste anything. That's when you need to start worrying. Yeah, but speaking of worrying, the ladies love him. You might know him. He's the international man of mystery himself, Sean of the military industrial complex, buddy. Uh, the last time we spoke, I went ahead and sent you a video on Instagram for Human Centipede, the musical. Did you watch it? I did. And a lot of, a lot of emotions went through that. First discussion, and then acceptance. And then, you know what? I could probably live this life if I needed to. I think so, too. You know, I think this is actually the best, like, icebreaker to it. Zed, I went ahead and sent you the video on Instagram just now. Can you pull it up real fast? Sure. Let me screen share. You see, the two people who send me the most videos on Instagram during the day are Sean and my fiance. And it goes from how to do your dishes better to how to fold your laundry to stuff like, oh, why is that squash shaped like a penis? And oh, here's Human Centipede, the musical. See, I, I, I just send you like Raimi memes and, you know, like I, I just send you dumb YouTube memes. I find the so, internet. So it's like the, <laughs> it's, it's like the pyramid of wholesome from, from Juliana to Derek sending Tobey Maguire memes to the stuff that comes from Doyle, which most of the time we'll never say out loud. But uh, this, as, as Zed is pulling it up, where um, is it? Where oh, it's is on it, Instagram. Right? Go to go to Instagram. Instagram. I gotta sign into that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll narrate while you take a moment. But anyway, uh, there there's this there, one of my favorite Instagram pages is for this chick named Natalie Birdwick. Do you guys know her? Yeah. Well, anyway, she does like really off color deadpan comedy type music, and it's a lot of her stuff is really funny. But this this girl like pushes the limit sometimes. And recently she did human centipede, the musical. And I, I don't know how else to explain it other than that, but I think we're going to go ahead and just listen to it together. So is that, you got it up? Yeah. Let me know if you got, you got Do audio. The vanilla yep. paste or the cuttlefish. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. I'm okay. sorry, Kyle. I believe in you. <laughs> go ahead. Right. Zed. I wouldn't change this for the world. And 
You want to know why? Because I got my best friend behind me. <laughs> I've never been closer to anyone before. And so what? I'm full of gas and you're a pain in my ass. You won't catch me crawling out that door. We've got to stick. around yeah, let's do it. no i wouldn't <laughs> so this is if disney made the movie disney made human centipede coming to disney plus what happens when four american tourists meet a german scientist in the creepy woods oh god. oh god starring lana del rey oh my gosh uh each time i think it's like you know young people aren't funny Young people aren't willing to cross those boundaries and do stuff that I I used to think, you know, I used to take it for granted, like really off color comedy like that. Uh, Videos like this pop up and it it kind of, I don't know about you guys, but it restores my faith in humanity in ways that other things don't. Yeah. Just funny things. I know this TikTok is very degenerate. Yeah. Sean, you cut out for a second. Well, that and the dark humor jokes that I send you. Uh, I can't like, say I can't say some of those out loud. They'll stay between us. <laughs> but uh, but 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 speaking of off color and widely inappropriate, uh, this is a family show. And like all family shows, we've got a, a dark history and an uncle in our closet. We prefer to keep there. Um, a few months ago, we went ahead and discussed a certain individual. We'll just simply call him PP man and uh, PP man. Yeah. Zo- Zoidberg. That was his name. So PP man, Zoidberg, much, much like Mr. Cargo. She goes by many names. Uh, if you missed that episode, you understand that inside joke a little bit. If you go back in the, in the podcast feed here on the run, mm-hmm. <laughs> Brings back, br- brings back memories. But anyway, does. Uh, to recap in 20 seconds or less, uh, Zed and Derek go walking in the neighborhood. And what do they see? They see a man going pee. And it's it's real. Like he's staring at them as he's peeing off his porch. And, you know, you, you think that happens one time. And that's just kind of weird. Well, um, Derek runs home and, and Zed is left alone. So who does he call to come save him? He calls Sean and <laughs> Sean comes by and. They, they see him come out and pee again and, and do the whole Zoidberg thing. And Derek, one more time, what, what were the what were the effects that go with that? Uh, Zed. So anyway, he 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 pees and and he does that. And uh we just we just thought that was a one and done type deal. Well, I mean more like a two and done deal, but 20 minutes ago, they tell me, hey, we're, we're going to bring up part dose of this whole situation. And I'm like, how does it how does it get this far? Is this is this just a troubling sequel or is this the final chapter? I don't even know. So wh- which one of you going to explain how the shit went down? Well, Doyle encountered the second encounter, so he should explain because yeah. I know nothing about this. 
He once yeah. again counted it twice. So I was walking my dog. This is at like 12 in the afternoon, usually when I take my lunch or around one. We're just walking up. Before you turn into Derek's neighborhood there, he's walking around. And I'm like, okay, seems pretty normal. I keep going farther up. Turn back around. He's peeing into it like another neighbor's yard right in the open between like one street and the other where there is a lot of traffic and he's just he right next drop, to school too but he unzipped his pants clearly you could i could see water or pee coming out if he didn't have a water bottle and you could see his pants were unzipped i highly doubt that's coming from out of aquafina yeah i don't understand how both Zed and Doyle are like, oh, he's drinking water. <laughs> it's just it's the part of it's the part of their minds that are in denial because it's like they they know what they're seeing, but just like the five stages of death, they're in like the denial, yeah, and then the bargaining, like, and then finally well, they hit acceptance. Like when I saw it, because like you know, when Zed and I were taking that walk, I saw it and like I just I had to mentally process it for the first few seconds. Cause like, I didn't understand what was happening, but then when I realized I just start furiously tapping Zed's shoulder, I'm like, look, look, look. <laughs> so, so what, what happened next, Sean? I, I, I decided to be my own little pervert self and I watched till the end and a new joint. I- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That would have taken a turn no one expected. Kevin Feige couldn't produce that. I, I watch it, and I honestly, I looked at my my Apple Watch, and I'm like, I'm going to time this. I'm going to time this because I saw it from start to finish, and it was about maybe a maybe two minutes. It was two minutes. That's then, a urinary tract infection if he's peeing for more than two minutes. Probably holding it in since morning or something. It's a and hydrated boy. He just zips up his he doesn't fully zip up his pants, but he just he he holds them up while he's walking across the street and, and then I'm going the opposite way back towards my house and seemed pretty happy. He was going up towards the, the elementary school. Okay. So I, I, I know I called him a very hydrated boy earlier, but let's let's just remind people this is a very hydrated man. Twenty six years old. And not and not only man. and not only is he is he still doing that, but our biggest worry last time was whether or not he would ever do something like that. Not in not in front of a couple of degenerates like the, the bunch over like here. Us, but, yeah. but it, it in, in front of people who that that's a very very clear red line. So what what happened next? I mean, I think we all agreed. If any of you, because I, I I'm out of the neighborhood, if any of you saw this, I was hoping that somebody would call the cops at this point. So actually, uh, I I think I was driving Zed home, and there were cops at his house. Two officers were outside, and the other was in his. I assume in his house. And basically, my HOA figured out what is going to be happening towards this kid. That if they see him do anything again, along this is this is my HOA, not Derek. Remember, there's two HOAs, mine, and then the one across along the other street. Yeah. So our HOA 
has said, if we see him peeing on something, that the it, we are to, well, call the cops. Mm-hmm. Well, what are the cops going to do? Because, uh, I mean, he's already had indecent exposure, what, three times, four times? Not, not, not if you, not, no, not necessarily, because no one reported the prior times. Sure. We, I mean, we didn't report him, did we? Like, so someone had to report him after at least point. once. No, he's been he's been reported twice. Oh, so I, when you count the official times twice with the unofficial times, that's that's four or five times. Yeah, and basically, cops will be there with like someone from social services to assist because he is special um I, I i gotta say i feel for the parents on this one because like i think one option is like one they, they obviously teach their mentally ill adult son to stop peeing in public the other option is they kick him out because it could yeah. go it, it could actually affect them at that point they could they could i'm pretty sure an hoa for situations like that could find a reason to put a lien on your house if not mowing your lawn properly can get them to put a lien on your house i'm pretty sure that they, that somebody some karen will find a way to do this and, and honestly i won't even say a karen like it's a justified action at that point they're 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 in charge of somebody who is you know showing off his junk to the neighborhood and I, I'm just surprised, like, with the amount of time that he goes in and around the elementary school, and I, I want to be very specific with this, in no way do I personally think, and I only remember him from high school, so shit may change. I don't believe that he could harm somebody. I don't think he would do that. But the, this whole thing about, like, showing other people him urinating that's just like that. That's still just as bad legally. Yeah, there's a line to be drawn somewhere, and he needs to stop. When, I mean, when, when did you see this, Sean? Like, when did you hear about this? Uh, oh, I was walking the dog to the pool, and I was talking to our one of the neighbors, <sighs> and they told me that it's going to come out in a meeting. But he he's like as well because uh, Bob knows that I have a special education background. So it's been at least like four months since what happened to all of you. Yeah, but we're told to watch out if he is walking around towards when the kids are released at 4.30. Oh, yeah. But see, that's the thing. Like, he's getting all these passes because he's mentally handicapped. But like you said, Doyle, that if if, if they're away from the parents' Uh, view and the parent's property, anything they do, either the the person doing the act can be held legal liable or the parents will. So if third time, like three strikes, you're out, will the parents be charged or will the kid just be taken away by social services? Because they're just letting them running, like, because they give this guy like total freedom to run around and do whatever he wants. Yeah. Again, it's up to the, it, it depends where it happens. Because then if the parents are within like his vicinity, then they can get most of the charges. And then he just kind of gets a slap on the wrist kind of thing. But if he does it like no one. 
Yeah, because when I see him, he's always a quarter mile away from his house, just running like a machine. Yeah. <laughs> he does that every day. Almost every day. We we should have sent him to Tokyo. Um, he probably would have put in more effort than Simone Biles did. But, uh, you know, the, we, we've I, I think we spoke about this before. I, I spoke about it about a month ago on, a, on Ben Stein's show, The World According to Ben Stein. And we were talking about the homeless crisis and everything else. And when we when we talk about those who are mentally ill, especially those who are on the streets, I, I mean, I, I've, I've become more vocal about it. But like. Um, uh, Nate Hockman, who's a, who, who's a research fellow at the Claremont Institute. He was on, he was on, on the run, uh, a couple of weeks ago. We talked about this offline. He, he agrees with me that the, one of the worst things we did for the mentally ill and the sick in America was abolish, um, these essentially the, these permanent residential insane asylums. Now, Insane asylum comes with a lot of connotations. People think like Arkham Asylum, like criminally insane and stuff like that. But really what, what they are is they're mental hospitals. And mental hospitals were in some cases the only place where a lot of these people, especially those without family willing to take care of them, could sleep in a bed, have three meals, get the medication, the treatments they needed, and live with dignity. And they were also put to work, whether they worked in town or whether they worked at the hospital, just doing things to keep them busy. I, I mean, what bo- what always bothered me about this kid, and I, I, I was talking to a neighbor of mine who knew about him. I didn't bring up the, the peeing incident, but um, you know, her, her daughter used to have a class with him in school. It's like he, she, she confirmed to me that he doesn't work. He doesn't do anything. And he's 26. Now, I, I'm not going to diagnose him. That that would be just like that would not be proper for me to say anything. I don't. Th- I think he's on the spectrum. Uh, I I don't know if there's anything more going on. I mean, it's I, I don't want to be. I don't want to say anything that will sound like incredibly mean either because I don't know this person quite well. I only remember him from ten years ago and what I've seen since. But like people like him, they they need to have a sense of purpose, even if it's not something super big. He's probably not going to have a giant career in the business world or anything like that. He's probably not going to be, you know, like middle management even. But the thing is that he's just really unsupervised. Obviously his parents don't have any control or authority over him. There's no discipline going on and he doesn't work, which is why like when Republicans under, uh, under Nixon primarily went ahead and started abolishing, just getting rid of all these mental hospitals. What'd you do with these people? You just, you just put their responsibility back on themselves and they were never going to take care of themselves. And then you put it back on the parents who have to work and have to live their lives and take care of everyone else. And now they're dealing with this adult son who has just incredibly poor behavior. And -hmm. it's like, you know, bring back the asylums, some people might hear this and they're like, oh, well, you know, you're basically paying for someone to eat and everything else. How is that not some type of welfare or something? Well, in a way, like you got me there. You won't see me saying, let's go ahead and mail him a $1,200 check a month. But it's like, what else is he going to do? What happened if his parents pass away? Who's going to take care of him? Because I don't really know if anyone else is going to want to take care of a 26-year-old man full time, especially one who's out peeing in the neighborhood. Yeah. So bring back the asylums take care of them, give them the proper care and attention they need and put them to work doing something. Give them a sense of dignity and purpose because this is not working. And this is a, this is a 
I would say a mildly okay case. I was back in DC this past weekend. I went to awesome con for a day with my father and my brother and DC the, the past year and a half, uh, prior to COVID when I was working at the Washington times, the homeless have always been a problem. It's been progressively getting worse, but K street of all places had tent cities all over the sidewalks. People were walking on the street to get around them. And in front of a Methodist Anglican church on K street, one of the oldest churches in DC, you see tents all over the front lawn. And I highly doubt all those people are mentally ill. Yeah. It's just one of these situations where it's like, here's our nation's capital. It looks like a shanty town. The, the jerk in me says, you know, put them all on a paddy wagon and ship them to Baltimore and the other one just straight up says that they should at least never be a state and we should ignore it if it's just going to be this bad. But I, I, don't, I don't understand how how this behavior can be tolerated. Sean, do you think that this whole HOA meeting to address the fact that, you know, at least they're being polite to the family by giving them a warning. But mm-hmm. like this has gone on too long. Oh, I, I agree. And some I know some of my neighbors have definitely said, like, hey, this has gone way too far way too long and the fact that at some point i think the next time it happens i think it's just they're they're saying this to everyone like next time they see him do something oh it's gonna be the last step and straw because it's like there's been a lot more houses around this area that have been sold and like you're having families with young kids come here and they're all walking around they go to school right up the street yeah, yeah. Gonna, and it's gonna i i know for a fact it, it, some of these parents we get super triggered and honestly it's gonna go from like bad to worse with that family i mean here's the thing though we we establish the fact that this is habitual with this person and breaking habits with a normal person is hard enough now when you have someone who's mentally compromised and his parents just give him free range to run around the neighborhood. What's the guarantee he's not going to do this again? It's going to happen again. And mm-hmm. it's a problem we're going to have to deal with eventually because it can't keep going on like this. Yeah. What, what do you do with a person like that? Like there are like hot, there are still like mental hospitals, but usually it's like at, at that point, you're not leaving. Uh, he'd go to the state and he would go to like social services and they have they have buildings for that and i mean just the the problem with all those though is that like with these kind of people there's never really like a way to help them get back into society like i mean i mean i granted there are people who are more far gone than others but i feel like the goal of these places is just you know here's your pills and just to keep you, you know, sleepy. And then we're just going to keep you here. I mean, if his parents want to put him in an actual private institution, I'm pretty sure they have the money for it. Cause looking at their house and the cars they drive, they have money or yeah. they're all just house poor on credit. If that's the case, then the state's going to have to take care of them. Mm. I, I mean, this, I don't don't know family, this pure speculation, but like, I cannot imagine what it would be like to have a son who, who who is seen by others as a, as as a problem, as a potential threat. 
because like yeah. I and this is just my opinion. I don't think he would harm somebody. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. He was never violent then. He hasn't been violent since. I don't think he's violent, but he he creeps people out. And when you're exposing yourself and doing that, especially as often as you have, that's a choice. That, yeah. that that's that's a deliberate choice. And I think often, you know, we use mental illness as a catch-all excuse. Like I, I I'm I'm really tired on Twitter of all these women that have a mental illness advocate in their bio. And I and I point out women specifically because I see it more often with women than men. But what you see is you have this habit of people putting their their mental illness or their problem publicly, and that is used to commit atrocious behavior afterwards. And when you go ahead and call them out on it, they use their public illness or whatever as an excuse. And I think that is something that the internet has allowed to happen. And we, and we saw it with, um, with, with the last degenerate panel episode we did with the Victoria's secret Karen, where as soon as uh, the, the one woman pulls out, the camera and she's videotaping this woman that tried to assault her. She lands on the floor and she's screaming and she's like, please don't film my mental breakdown. Those are very deliberate words. It wasn't a mental breakdown. She tried to assault a woman and she got caught. And then the degenerate panel, uh, back in May, I think where you had the Scottsdale, Karen, who works for the Trump administration, who when she got called out by the cops and they were arresting her, she called them Nazis and was screaming on Instagram live. And then she went on that show, the doctors and said she had a mental breakdown. And then it was all just, oh, well, you know, I can't be responsible for my actions. It's all a mental breakdown. And, and I know that I just brought up examples of women. I'm not calling out women. But what I'm saying is we're, we're seeing a trend in society where suddenly you can take these things and you could just use it as an excuse for everything else. I saw it when we were teenagers. Well, you can't be mad at Danny because Danny has ADHD. No, Danny decided to punch the kid next to him. That That's an excuse. Do you think any of our parents would have tolerated that shit? No. Well, God, you no. know, here's the thing, uh, RJ, is if this behavior, if they continued this behavior to go on, and I know you say that this person's not violent or anything, and that may be true, but if if nobody has been up to this point saying anything about his habitual peeing, what's going to stop him? And he's like, oh, if if peeing out in public is okay, then I'm going to just go start beating off in public because he's yeah. 26 years old, 27 years old. He has a capability to do that. And if no one's telling him that peeing in public and exposing yourself to people is wrong, he's going to eventually it's going to lead to that. So it's yeah. a problem that you're, we're going to have to deal with at some point. Yeah, and Zed, I know that I know that you're you're within vicinity, but he's not like really like in your neighborhood. Like if he yeah. lived as close to you as this as this guy lives to Sean, I mean, he's do in you walking feel, distance. Yeah, I mean, do you yeah, feel so comfortable knowing that you you have two younger sisters that he could he could expose himself? Yeah, and the thing is, and you know, I'm not talking about this like I don't know the problem. I've experienced this problem too, and I feel it's it's a problem that multiple communities are dealing with because. The way our neighborhoods are laid out, we have a whole bunch of different HOAs within the same, you know, one mile radius. Yeah. So, but you uh, know, who knows what's going to happen? He could like, he could just was like, all right, this HOA is going to arrest me if I keep going. Let's go a block over. <laughs> but here's the thing: does he even comprehend what an HOA is? What getting arrested is? What right mm -hmm. from wrong is? 
I mean, yeah. he's been he's been allowed to to get away with this for this long. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, I my uh, so my the neighbor I, or the HOA person I was talking to. I don't want to give a name, but he he asked me, "Is like with your background? I mean, do you do you know how you would handle the situation?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's like training and everything. How we can handle that." when he's doing the act or whatever around a kid I I know what to do but it's like the fact that his parents willingly are letting this happen it just I feel at this point the parents just don't care anymore I mean they're probably just broken down I mean they're elderly they're in their 60s you know I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure they're just burnt out and I feel bad for them yeah yeah I mean, I honestly do feel bad for him. It's like their only child, and this is what he's doing with his life. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's gotta suck as I mean, a parent. I mean, God, God save us from this kind of fate, you know? Fate, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it's one of those situations where, like, I I often wonder, like, where do these people go when their when their parents or their family won't take care of them anymore? And, you know, like m- mental or asylum, can't. like insane asylum has a really bad connotation to, to it. And don't get me wrong. There are examples of abuse, a lot of things that are just we would not tolerate in modern society. But for the most part, like, you know, for, for my TV show, The Witching Hour, I went to a lot of these hospitals that have been shut down. And what I saw a lot of was the people who either worked there as staff or were inmates there or, or patients, depending on whether it was for criminal purposes or they were just, you know, put, put in by a, a doctor or family member. Like a lot of them go back there and they want people to understand this because, yeah, some bad stuff happened. But for the most part, it was a net positive for people that couldn't have otherwise lived with dignity. And I do see this as a societal thing because, you know, like I think not not to get political, but like progressives will say we need to do this and we need to have programs for everybody. And that just turns into a massive umbrella of spending and government intrusion and mandates and all the other stuff, kind of like what we're seeing now. Show your shots everywhere. Then on on the conservative yeah. end of the spectrum, they're like, why should I pay for somebody else's kid? Why should I pay to feed somebody who's an adult? Why should I go ahead and house somebody who should? provide their house themselves i think the left and the right have valid criticisms of that and valid solutions for the most part but what we see right now is that neither of those can work these people are in our streets they're they're living in a situation where they could be of harm to themselves and others and we had a solution and the solution was not perfect but we don't live in a perfect world either so if this person had to go to a, a a mental asylum where he could be taken care of at least, does not pose a threat to others, but could live a life of dignity, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, I like to make a segue. You know, please keep the please. Topping, topics moving. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a question for you guys. Sure. Since this is the degenerate panel. When does art stay art, and when does art turn into degeneracy? What is your line? Because I have a video I want to show you guys, but just uh, your thoughts first. Oh, Derek, what, you go first. I have to think. Art being degeneracy. Or no, what, what differentiates art 
as art and then art turning into degeneracy. Tumblr posts or Tumblr pre purge. <laughs> so what rule 34? Uh, no, no, I mean, I guess. Is that but, where if it exists on the internet, there is porn for it? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I think, I think the line is context. Yeah. Context probably. Okay. Yeah. Be- because like, yeah, I mean, co- context matters because I-, I think at the end of the day, a lot of people say, well, whether it's offensive or not, but like art can be offensive. No, no. Art can be, uh, cause it's, it's all subjective. Art is highly subjective. Or, hentai like- is porn. I well, mean, I mean, hentai is porn. Uh, yeah. Well, like that, that's obviously I, I, I like, uh, I like what Antonin Scalia used to say. He's like, it's porn when you know it. It's like, well, that's yeah. not real. That's not really an answer, but it, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think context matters. Well, like it really does. I mean, art depends on the person. Like it's just some people find things like offensive and other people are like, huh, that's neat. Or this is dumb. Like D- Doyle's getting a beer. So I'm going to get up and get a beer. Oh, awesome. I wish I got a beer. That would be fun. Okay. Well, I'll keep the conversation moving. So talking about the video I'm about to show you guys and listeners, you will hear. Um, I saw this video uh, over a decade ago on the show called Tosh.0. Have you ever heard of Tosh.0, Derek? Uh, I have heard of Tosh.0. It's been a while since I watched them, though. Yeah. So um, the clip I'm not I'm going to show you is not from the show, but it's actually the original clip. But what Tosh.0 basically did was he used to take all the weird videos from the Internet and basically review and watch them. And then he used to give uh, the same people in that video a redemption. Um, That's kind of the premise of the show. Uh, But so this clip right here with the topic, it's called Strangest Theater Performance Ever. And I want you guys to watch this and I want you to judge for yourself. Is what you're gonna see art or is it this degeneracy? So I'm gonna play it right now. Should we wait for Doyle to come back? Uh, I'll replay it for Doyle, it's like a minute. Go for it. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> this is well, not what I was expecting I need, today. I, I got to give it to you, Zed. Yeah. Not, not very often is the first 30 seconds of seeing a man and a woman in a diaper. First 10 seconds. I'm sorry, the first 10 seconds. Not, not often do I see men and women in a diaper just moving around and squealing on stage. But uh, let, let's, you know, Doyle's back. Doyle, did you grab a beer? You don't, want to, you don't want to drink all of it. I'm, I'm walking in on it, and I'm like... Okay. That, so, 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 Dole, you know what we're talking about. When, when does art stay art, and when does art become degeneracy? So watch this video. Yeah. Let me know. Start from the beginning, I guess. Yeah, let, let's start from the beginning, because I, I, need to, I need to get my head around this. It looks like people doing it's like ballet but in a diaper, but really weird. What the hell? (laughs) Wait for it, guys. Wait for it. (laughs) Now look at this guy's face. Look as he stares into the camera. And then 
Okay, pause. Derek, I want you to explain this to the listeners. Because I don't have the courage to. He's just swinging his big metal dick around. This man walks out with like a giant, like three foot metal strap on. And by the way, obviously they're for equal opportunity for the disabled because he's also walking on uh, crutches, yeah, crutches. Like, yeah, those. So he, he goes over. It's like this giant, like, you know, See, field we, goal. We, we, yeah. need to get, we need to get Zoidberg into this group. Man, I, <laughs> You're terrible. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I think that's we just found, abusing someone. I, I think we found the line where even I have to say that's really fucked up. Okay, yeah, I, I admit, I kind of just, I kind of just. I'm Good sorry. job, Derek. I've hosted over three thousand hours of audio experiences across thousands of people, and this was the moment where I was like, "Holy fuck!" I don't know what to say about that. So let's just, let's just, I'm sorry. Let's, just let's just, let's just drop it right here and watch this man swing his giant metal dick. Did Derek cross that line? Yes, he did. The line has been crossed. There's no going back. No. What the fuck am I watching? Oh, pause it. Do you guys know what a Merkin is? Yeah. Zed, do you know what a Merkin is? No. Derek, do you know what a Merkin is? No. A mer- okay, so what's a toupee? Um, oh, it's just a kind of wig, I guess. Yeah, a merkin is for your balls if you don't got hair there. What? This other guy walks out, and he's still wearing, like, you know, le- leather underwear and obviously black sneakers because, you know, safety. And uh, he has a... a like, I don't know if it's a wig or something, but he's got like this giant poofy thing on his hair. And the only thing I can say accurately describes it is as a Merkin. So if you know what a Merkin is or, or, or you've got, you know, some some forest where the trees are. Imagine that around a guy's head. So we can press play now. No. Uh, this man is currently That's a flute. his cane, which is also a flute. Oh, thank God it's over. <laughs> okay, Zed, what's the context? Uh, shit. Performance strangest, art? Strangest theater performance art. Yeah, they were, uh, on, they were on a theater okay, stage, okay. listeners. They okay, were on a so theater stage. June 18th, 2005, Mary Chenard created a piece called Body Remix Goldberg Variations, which involves scantily clad people walking about on stage, making odd noises, moving their bodies either languidly or violently. Many use crutches either as a help or hindrance, and one without any such a crutch or breast moved easily as juxtaposition. It was meant as an exploration of freedom and movement. The audience laughter at various points shows that the art house crowd couldn't take this completely seriously. And no one wonders if the performance wasn't intentionally humorous at times, especially where the guy with the clanging rod penis is concerned. (laughs) This is is degeneracy. This is peak degeneracy. Agreed. Like this is beyond degeneracy. This is like I don't even know what to call this. 
Okay, like Human Centipede, the musical is art. Yeah, that was funny. This is not appropriate for children. This is uh, like. So you draw the line like sewing a person's rectum to another Well, okay. You no, know, that's not what I meant. So, RJ, to be fair, 99% sure no kid was in the theater watching this. No. Okay, you know, we we it, we, we got we got France, we got you know, we got to go down we we got to go down the panel. Sean was okay. Sean, you agree that this is degeneracy? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. What was Human Centipede the musical? <laughs> uh, uh, pure art, entity, and laughter. Okay, so Derek, you said art, and earlier you said this was degeneracy. So, well, th- this what we just watched that's degeneracy but like the but humans happy the musical i mean like you, that was you know, done of the intention of humor yeah it, it's done with the intention of humor they're all fully clothed like they're just like they're singing a song it's fine like i, I think it, i think that's where i would draw the line zed because this has no context this is no intention this is just pure shock and it's not even meant to be funny like it's just it's it's just wrong. Whereas yeah, a human it's centipede, it's weird. satire. It's done with the intention of humor, and no one had a giant metal swinging cock. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the human centipede musical was a parody and parody yeah. satire. It's and a funny parody. Art. Yeah, man, I'm gonna have that dude in my nightmares, especially the way he stared at the camera. Kind yeah. of reminded me of a certain person we were talking about. Ever gonna touch a cane again? Why are you touching a cane in the first place? I don't want to go down that road. I'm just telling you what I feel. I, I, don't, I don't there's a story go. there, but I don't want to know what it is. I, yeah. Um. So, what, what what's your what's your stances on tattoos? While while we're at this point where things have already gotten strange, what's your what's your what's your views on that? Tattoos? Yeah. Um, I, I won't, I, I don't want to get one just because I, I, I'd rather stay away from needles as far as much as I can for personal reasons, but like, I don't, like, I don't care if somebody else has them. Sean. I'm fine with them. As long as you're not putting a swastika or, or something aggressive towards other people, I get them wound up. I, I think they can be very good. I mean, I, if I could deal with the fact of pain and needles, I get my grandfather's dog tag right on my left back. Zed, what about you? Uh, so I follow the Islamic perspective on ta- tattoos. So basically tattoos are prohibited uh, because it is seen as a way of desecrating your body. Uh, the reasoning is that you want to return to the you want to return to god the same way you came into this world uh and that hence that's why tattoos are not allowed but i don't care i don't care if anyone else has tattoos who is you know but that's my view on it so i when when i joined the army in 2013 like there was this phase where like as soon as you like went through basic and everything you had all these soldiers getting tattoos and they were almost always moto tattoos. Like it was always like the American flag or U S army or infantry or your branch insignia on your, on your arm. And a lot of people were getting like Molon lab on there. And there was a point where 
um, when the army was relaxing their tattoo policies, like in 2014, I actually considered getting one. Now I, I'm going to be straight with you. The, the tattoos I thought about getting were straight up stupid. And now I'm glad I didn't get them. But as I get older and now I'm a bit more like confident in myself and stuff, I've been considering getting a tattoo on a, on, on my shoulder or my right arm or maybe even my calf. And I think the reasoning huh? is like, you know, the, I, 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 I like, I like to have things around me that can start a story that are a conversation starter. And I just think that some tattoos are just, are just really well. Now I think where tattoos draw the line between like art and trash is the context of the tattoo. Like if I got like a Mike Tyson face tattoo, that would be inappropriate. If I, if I got like a tramp stamp, obviously that's wrong. But like I've seen some people, especially around here in Milwaukee who have, I don't know what it is here specifically, but I've seen some really beautiful tattoos Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been, I've been thinking about getting one. I just don't know. One, I, I think I'm at the point where if my parents saw it, it would be less of, oh, what did you do to yourself? And more like, why did you get that? So I think, like, you know, that social shaming aspect is gone. But uh, I'm curious, if you guys ever got tattoos, what would they be? Let's start with Derek. That's a good question. Oh, and where would they be? I don't really, Derek, thought, I, I don't really thought about it. I'd probably, like, I want to say I'd get one on my arm, but I really just don't know what I would get oh derek i know what you would get no sean i gotta i gotta start this one first he needs, a, he needs a tramp stamp no that says mount vesuvius and an arrow pointing down to your ass <laughs> <laughs> just a vol- just a just a tattoo of volcano as an actual ass <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that do. I'll get Sean. What would you get? I mean, like I said. Oh yeah. Other than, other than that, I'd probably get something with like maybe like GIS wise, maybe like showing layers of base maps or something, and then You're like such a fucking boomer. No, yeah. no, no. Do you get that sexy map? No, but I would have my me like a mini body of me on the top, holding a lacrosse stick, saying. No, he gets a tra- he gets a he gets a tramp stamp pointing towards his ass. I have to I have to beep that out now. Saying fuck yeah, you, I have job. to I have good to do job, that. Doyle. You, you said an hour work. to my night. Fuck oh. you. Oh God. Uh he's not affiliated with me. He's not affiliated with me. <laughs> uh, this is this is the point we are in our lives where we're we're, we're looking back and wondering how could our younger selves have have uh, made our older selves lives much worse and I'm I'm just glad we didn't have the internet in the way that we did and in some ways I also am yeah. kind of glad yeah so kid, I, I see you've kids got are, a- kids are absolutely screwed today like because they're doing stupid crap on the internet and it's like gonna come haunt them someday. God bless crypto and the Signal app. All I have to say is that you've got a True. video you want to show that ties into all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about what I would want to get as a tattoo, if I could, uh, and talking about crypto, I'd probably get uh, my crypto... Anus token. No, I'd probably get my crypto pin code uh, tattooed somewhere inconspicuous in my body in case I forget or something. Oh, like your inner thigh? Yeah, so in case I need access to my crypto wallet and I forgot the code, you know, I got it right there. 
Zed, but here's the thing. If somebody really wants your crypto keys that bad, think how it's going to be. They're probably going to come up with multiple people. Then they're going to pin you down and well, strip they your clothes know. off. They then they're going to be like, please, no, well, stop. Only, only, only I will know what that number combination means. And what brokerage it goes to, you know? You see, at least that is somewhat smart. At least you're not like those people. Did you see what people are doing with their vaccine passports? They're turning them into QR codes <laughs> and like tattooing them. <laughs> like, did you? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. That's not an actual okay. thing. Uh, uh, maybe it's a vaccine, Derek. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is the effects. They're coming <laughs> on stream. And the on next stream. day, Derek developed autism. <laughs> it's very possible. You have I'm no. Not, I'm not saying that vaccines cause autism, but like you know, at least you, at least I, Zed's I, approach is not QR coding I, I, his skin. I am going to be very honest with you guys. I, I am very scared. <laughs> But hey, you know whatever happens, happens. Uh, hey, are you getting it? Approved. Oh God, I guess I'm talking about this now. Huh? We don't have to talk uh, about this now. I want to focus on the important things, like this dumbass video that Zed's about to show to save us from this conversation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, I want to ask you guys a question. Are we reaching the point? Are we reaching the point in our lives? We're in our mid twenties now. Are you seeing yourself as becoming a 30-year-old boomer? Now, when I say 30-year-old boomer, I'm talking about, are you realizing like, holy shit, I'm not the 21, 22-year-old I used to be in the past habits I've had. And now my habits are kind of mirroring more of my parents and Gen Xers. Have you ever thought about that? I got into an argument with my electrical company because I felt that my uh, usage for the last month was too high. <laughs> I also can, I also convinced my 20 year old intern to start a Roth IRA. Let's go. And when he started it and showed me his initial deposit yesterday, I gave him a high five. <laughs> nice. So yes, I Let's think go. I'm at that point. Let's go intern. What about uh, you Doyle? I'm not giving details, but yes. Examples, what? You're turning more into your dad or you, you're doing sh- shit your parents normally do? Well, his do. hairline is definitely turning into his father's. Oh. Do you think he's going to have white, just a full head of white hair, or is he just going to lose it? Well, he's already going gray on his sides. That's why he's been keeping the side of his hair so, so short. I'll never forget. We're standing outside like micro center or something on like black Friday a year ago. And we're all just chilling out while one, well, I think it was Derek who was inside, like at the checkout. And next thing you know, we're all just chilling out. And Zed and I noticed something shiny on the side of um, Doyle's head. And next thing you know, as we take a close look at one side and take a look at the other, we're like, Sean, when did you start going gray? And he was like, you guys noticed? <laughs> oh my God. He's gonna be like 30, 30 years old and I gotta be straight hair. with I gotta be straight with you, Sean. Of all of us, I thought that I would be the first one to go gray. Yeah. But good job. You yeah. can say you won that race. Yeah, Sean, you are by 
far the healthiest among us, so it makes zero sense why this happened. It's called <laughs> genetics. Have you seen his dad? That's his dad true. has a full head of hair, but it's just completely white. <laughs> the silver fox. I got to give it to him. He pulls it off. But I don't think he had that at 26. Oof. <laughs> It's a big oof. What time did your dad start going gray, Doyle? He won't tell me. He he says it's a surprise. It's a surprise. Oh, it's a surprise, all right. You should just 26. be like. You should just be like, look, it's happening now. Did it happen now or later? Father, <laughs> help me! <laughs> Is it gradual or all at once? You need yeah. to tell me the answers. Why I- didn't you choose Rogaine? Rogaine can't help you. My grandfather. <laughs> That like it hit him at like maybe in his mid to early forties. So I'm like, oh shit. Uh, anyway, well, you, well, yes, you don't see think, my dad. I think I'm. I like to think I'm somewhat safe. Derek's <laughs> entire life is as a thirty year old boomer, though. It very well so, might be. Uh, yeah, so we don't even need an example from. I I was born into thirty year old boomerness. It's very sad. <laughs> he came out of the womb saying, "Wow, good job, everyone." <laughs> Shook the doctor's hand. <laughs> Can you please point me in the direction of the bathroom? Thank you. <laughs> My asshole. Wow, that one hour year old is really in that. Ah, kill me. Oh, oh, I'm okay now. I'm okay now. Kill me. <laughs> I would say that it took about it took about like a 11 12 years for that to occur <laughs> for christmas we will be doing an episode in which we all donate a dollar to derek's charity of choice <laughs> uh, okay zed what's your example of recent boomerism uh getting into crypto investing um Investing in general, I find what I enjoy doing in my free time is flying virtual airplanes across the Atlantic for six hours. That's like the millennial ham radio. But yeah, so I I asked this question because there's a meme going around. It's part of the Wojak memes. And uh, it's the 30-year-old boomer character. Now, the 30-year-old boomer is a person who's in his mid to late 20s who uh, can no longer identify with millennials. (laughs) Or, or Gen Zers and has more in common with the Gen Xers. And he finds himself in a weird middle ground where he can't relate to any generation. Okay, Zed's life. So, uh, so I'm just going to show you this quick two minute video that explains the meme of the 30 year old boomer. And let me know if this relates to your life and let you ask yourself, this is me and I don't like it. Well, we no longer get YouTube copyright claims. So go ahead. A 30-year-old boomer is a self-deprecating meme that represents an older millennial that has picked up some of the traits of their previous generation, the baby boomers. A baby boomer is someone born between 1946 and 1964. They are associated with wealth after having been born post-World War II and therefore partaking in widespread government subsidies for housing. Interestingly enough, they are also the first generation to define their world in terms of generations, which parallels the ability of 30-year-old boomers to identify themselves as such. Activities a 30-year-old boomer will enjoy include mowing the lawn early in the morning on a Saturday or trading stocks. Pause. They also usually have... Okay, straight up. What else would you mow the lawn? (laughs) I mean, that's a serious question. 
Saturday morning, well, you know, you usually have weekends off. You want to do it before it's really humid outside and before you have to do other stuff because it could take 30 minutes. It could take an hour. It could take an hour and a half. I've I've done it after work, like when the sun starts to go down. That's the most humid part of the day, though. I mean, yeah, but like, I I mean, like, sun, that humidity don't joke. I meant when it was like when the sun was like almost sunset, so you have light out, but it's not as hot. But now you're just bugging out of the shit out of you're just bugging the shit out of everyone that wants to just go home, sit in front of the TV in dark silence, ignoring their family peacefully. Yeah, but like that way, I don't have to do it on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Well, I I I, kind of see uh, this video explain it as. You look forward to getting up early in the morning and mowing your lawn and having a monster or a smoking a cigar while you do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes me a boomer, then guilty is charged. Let's go. The appearance of an older boomer and will be prematurely balding with a beer gut. A 30-year-old boomer is out of touch with modern media such as music or video games. For example, they will always listen to artists from the early 2000s such as LMFAO or older bands such as ACDC. They hate newer games such as Fortnite, and we'll talk Pause. about how much better old games such as. You know, you know what playlist I was listening to coming home from work today. Oh, ACDC. Jimmy Eats World. <laughs> <laughs> remember, that, remember that song, The Middle. It yep. just takes some time. Yeah, no, I know it's that. It takes some time. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Yeah, that one. Such as Fortnite, and we'll talk about how much better old games such as Quake are. The 30 year old boomer is represented by a modified version of Wojak otherwise known as the feels guy, who is used as a reaction image to depict fe- feelings of sadness or melancholy. Whilst the 30-year-old boomer often seems to be represented in a somewhat positive light, the use of the Wojak face depicts a great sadness. Lifting weights won't stop the fact that you're balding. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, you can... Doyle, no. Said, you, you, since uh, s- since uh, the universe decided to strike you with the balding gene, you have been getting your hair cut shorter than than what you had it. At what point would you just consider going straight, like shaving it completely, like the full Vin Diesel? Uh, <clears throat> probably when it gets super bad, like there's an actual patch and not hair actually growing out of it. Uh, have you thought about that. have you thought about Rogaine? No, like have you thought about like Rogaine or one of those things? Because I feel like there are a lot of people within our age group who are going prematurely bald, and it's like it's more affordable now to try and resolve that, so that way you can enjoy your hair longer. I mean, here's the thing: I was like, my grandfather's bald, my dad's bald. I'm destined to be bald, but do you want point. that? I mean, I've accepted it. I've, I've, I've gotten haircuts where I just taken everything off in the summers and I enjoy it. You know, it's like, I've accepted how, how it is. And, you know, I just rock the look, you know what I mean? Would you rather have a full head of hair and no pubes or a full bush and no hair on your head? I'd rather have hair on my head. Sean. Yeah. I got to say the same. (laughs) Derek? I'd rather have hair on my head, 100%. Well, Derek doesn't have to worry about that because he's got great genes for hair. 
I do. Thank you, Dad. We're, we're all you. very we're all very jealous of the of the locks, buddy. Okay. No, I love you, Dad. <laughs> Furthering this idea is the fact that a thirty year old boomer is likely to be self conscious about their premature balding and health, which is more than likely why they drink specifically sugar free Monster Energy drink. It could be speculated that the 30-year-old boomer meme is popular because it is so relatable to a large portion of internet users. Adults that grew up playing video games but are now into different activities such as taking care of the lawn or trading stocks. A 30-year-old boomer represents a midpoint between adulthood when one begins to become like one's parents, and that is what makes this meme so compelling and relatable. What meme would you guys like me to give a lesson in next? Uh, while we're, so, while, while they, while they bring up the stocks thing, uh, you guys, you guys add anything to your portfolios the past week? Uh, I bought, uh, some IOTX and I bought, um, more, uh, Polygon. So I am very pissed off at Coinbase cause I swear, cause every time I try to add my account, it says your account has been added. Yeah, I still cannot use my payment method. Did you at least no use my referral code? Damn sense. I did use the referral code. You can you I, go ahead and get up to a hundred dollars in free Bitcoin when you go ahead and buy a hundred dollars in Bitcoin. We use the Coinbase link in the we'll today's see. show notes for Coinbase.com. Go ahead and oh, use the code so you and I can each get free Bitcoin, not paid by Coinbase. Well, yeah. here's the thing. I feel like if Coinbase is giving you such a hard time, just start using Weeble or crypto.com because you're missing out. Because I don't miss it. It's starting out. to go up now. You're starting to miss the dip. Uh, Car- Bogdan- Cardano <laughs> to the moon. Dude, Cardano was up 18% today. I'm so happy. I, uh, I, I went ahead and started buying into Cardano uh, four days ago, and it, it went up uh, 18 cents for me. So I'm happy that I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on that. That'll be my pump and dump. But uh, but yeah, no, I think this this meme, the older the older we get, the more I definitely see it within millennials. When uh, when when the Zoomers started calling me old, that's when I I knew it was a was a problem. Well, one thing is like when they stop carding you at restaurants and stuff, that's how, you know. I yeah. feel I feel happy, but like that happened I, the other day. I, I, I feel like that just eye. I feel like it just depends on your facial hair, because like. If you got like a full beard going, like they're not gonna card you. They're like we we know. But if you but if you're like Doyle over here and like you're just you know, like just nothing. Yeah, Doyle I, still gets carded. I'm not carded. I've got the Martinez wrinkles going across my forehead. And you know, I asked somebody, it's like what, you don't think I'm under twenty one? And they were like, Not with stress lines like that, son. And I said, Wow. Maybe I'm I, a very stressed teenager. Maybe I'm a very stressed <laughs> teenager. Yeah, so I mean, the thing about this meme is that the older I get, the 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 more I notice this in other people. And you know, a moment ago, I, I talked about you know the the stress lines and stuff like that. But here's a question I've got for everybody: When was the moment, if it has come, where you actually realized, "Wow, I'm an adult now"? I think the moment for me. Like, just it, it kind of occurred before I started, you know, working my the job I work now. But it, it, it was during that one year where I was just, you know, trying to find a job and just doing, you know, dog sitting gigs here and there to make money while I looked for something real. 
it's like because just like I had no more school to worry about you know it's just like I'm trying to find a real job and and it's just like well yeah I'm not I'm not a student anymore I'm just just this person who's just trying to find an actual work and then when I found my work I was incredibly happy and I'm still incredibly happy with what I do now like and and like I'm like I'm just in I'm like I'm in a good place now but during that one year it was just it was quite awful because just yeah I had no idea what I wanted either yeah it was when I was old enough to finally buy a gun that makes sense it's like, wow, I can illegally own something that can defend myself and others and shoot home invaders. I guess it's all down. Da- yeah, legally. Uh, and then you see the, the and then you see the uh, news articles or something about like a 14 year old like takes out home intruder or something. Home alone meets Rambo. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, for, for me, like, really, it was, well, you know, I thought it would be when I when I joined the army and I still didn't feel it. Then I thought it would be when I became a second lieutenant. I didn't feel it. Then I thought it would be when I graduated from college and I didn't feel it. And there was something about like when I purchased my first handgun that I realized like, oh, my God, like only adults could ever do this. Now, it wasn't the same as when I when I joined the military, because even though, you know, you like you learn how to kill people and stuff like you're mainly around people your own age. And to a large extent, I think we all felt like frauds because we're like, we're kids. Like, what are we doing here? But when I went to the store and I filled out the paperwork and then they gave me the gun and I walked out with it, I was like, this is real shit. Like, there are real responsibilities of owning this. And and that's when it really hit me. Sean, what about you? I've thought about this long and hard for a while, but honestly, for me, it was right before we started college and all of you guys know. So my, basically my grandfather had died right before I started college. And one reason why I chose U of A was I wanted to go out and take care of him. Well, when we did the whole funeral thing for my grandfather and I went out to U of A, I think it was that time when I told my grandmother, I'm like, Hey, you're not going to be alone. I'm going to be here to take care of you. No matter what time of day I'll be up in Phoenix, whenever you need me. At that moment, I knew that being an adult at that moment was when it happened. Cause I'm taking care of my grandmother. Who's really can't move around, needs help getting stuff done. Like things paid off as well as just, just some enjoyment every day. And honestly, until the day she died at, at the end of my freshman year, I was working hard at school. I had a job getting good grades, playing lacrosse, as well as going up to Phoenix every weekend to take care of her and make sure that everything was paid for the retirement home. She was going to her doctor's visits. And if not getting those together, for her on the weekends or on Fridays when I was going up there. That if that, if that doesn't like thrust you into adulthood, when you have to care for the people that cared for you, I, I don't know what, what is. Yeah, I agree with that. Zed, what about you? Uh, for me, it was when uh, I would, I was able to actually help my parents out with finances and it had no effect on me financially. That's I, big. I, 
I feel that like that's when good. I when I realized like I'm finally an adult now. The, the, like when I when I started paying for more of my own bills and I realized it's like wow this is a lot. I realized like I, my parents had to do this for me for themselves, for each other, and for my brother. And they did this for years on top of everything else that I don't have to pay them back for or something. And I feel like there's a weight that comes to it. Like suddenly you're like, you understand all those late nights your father worked or all those times your mom said, maybe we shouldn't spend money on this. Like that was one of those moments where I think I was like 23, where I started taking on a lot more of my own bills and yeah. I was like, shit, like this, I, I get it now. I get why they were frustrated when they saw me spend money on something stupid. Yep. At what point do you think the degenerate panel turns into four old men being mad at kids? Because I feel like we're getting to that point. No, we're all 30-year-old boomers now. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. When we all turn 32... Just putting it out there. When we're actually 30? 32, exactly. Why Why 32? Because... Do you not like I, even numbers? I, 30 is an even number. I just don't get why 32. Because, Derek, after... I feel like I will be able to keep everyone energetic and fun and still, like... But why 32 specifically? Yeah, why would you pull out that of all numbers? That's oddly specific for an even number. Yes, because you're gonna have your RJ. You're gonna have your midlife crisis at thirty. Zed, wrong, gonna, mofo. I already had that at twenty-five when I was a quarter century old, and I realized it. Hell yeah, I fucking win. RJ's <laughs> figuring himself out. Okay. You know what it's like to be on the phone with your energy company I and had say my- that my bill was eight dollars too much. Compared to the last month, and I lived in darkness. Yeah, I had, I lived in fucking darkness. He did live in darkness. I used my iPhone light to get around. <laughs> I cooked yeah. ramen on the stove instead of the microwave. That's at least three kilowatts less for three minutes. I know that shit. Holy shit. Do you measure all the voltage on everything? <laughs> Do you when, do I, when I overpay, all I know is this. My electricity bill is now down $30 than it was last month, and it wasn't because I just used less hot water. Okay, if you had to charge your phone right now, what, how much voltage would that cost you, right? Right there and then. If your phone's at 2%. I don't know because I only charge my my phone primarily in the car. Smart? Damn. <laughs> I mean, I charge it at home. You guys have seen the charger I keep I keep next to my couch, but I primarily charge it in the car. Smart. Smart I drive, I drive a hybrid. <laughs> it's gen- it's, hey, charges. His, his genius sometimes blinds me. <laughs> sometimes some people call it madness. Uh what what I I uh I, I don't know what we're gonna cover next. We got some time. What what what, what do you guys want to cover now? We could talk about what. Well, so, what's all your what's all your opinions on the OnlyFans situation that they're about to commit Tumblr side yet again? Okay. I don't. I don't. So, like, I, I I took a moment to actually understand what was going on. They didn't want people posting porn publicly, so you could still pay for all the feet pics you want, Derek, but they can't post the feet pics for free. Yeah, I don't pay for any of that shit. 
Why are people paying for like OnlyFans? I feel like did OnlyFans exist before 2020? It did, but it really took off in 2020. It was supposed to be for like Tumblr and somewhat professional, and then it just grew like wildfire with porn. Yeah, I just I just remember when I first heard about like oh we're banning all explicit adult content. I was like, aren't you a porn site? <laughs> 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 like, like if I started an OnlyFans for on the run, I could I could actually just post like bonus content and stuff like that. But you see, like just, just if, if I told if, if I no, I wouldn't even have to show that. They wouldn't have to just see the nips. No. Like I wouldn't have to show them anything. I could just show them uh you, you know, like bonus content. Like I could do nothing porn related. But if you tell people you have an OnlyFans, what do you what do they think? Porn. It's porn. Yeah, automatically, like they are synonymous with porn. So when I first heard, oh, we're we're banning all of it, I was like, so they're just they're shutting down their service, right? Like, like that that's it. Like they're they're going the way of the Tumblr. Like I, I saw a conversation on Twitter among some people that were arguing about OnlyFans, and some guy uh, who who I know, he's he's 24 years old. He went ahead and said, "Who's paying for porn? This is 2021." Exactly. And somebody, and somebody responded with, "Well, I respect these women's willingness to do this. Therefore, I feel that they should be compensated for what they do." And I read that, and I'm like, "Wow, that's actually a very noble capitalist cause." Then the other part of me was like, "Why the hell are you paying for porn?" <laughs> now I feel like it's at this point where it's like. It used to be, and this is the really weird thing, and I'm not going on like an anti-porn crusade. We know that, you know, enough people watch it, but at the same time, as time has gone on, we've all learned that they're actually like damaging psychological repercussions to like porn addiction and stuff like that, especially amongst men. I think 70% of men have had a problem with it at some point and almost like 50% of women uh, over the last 20 years, primarily the millennials. And, and it's like, you know, it used to be, if you watch that, you're a degenerate. Now it's like you have an only fans and people are saying, Oh, who do you subscribe to? And, and it's just one of those weird things where it's like, you know, when we started the degenerate panel, it used to be about stuff that was increasingly shocking from when we were kids. Now I look at the kids now and I feel like my parents, because I'm looking at this and I'm like, how is this something that is socially acceptable? I think the reason why people pay for OnlyFans, and there's a documentary actually made about this on YouTube. This guy actually interviewed guys who actually pay for subscriptions. They say the reason why, like, even though the stuff's free on the internet, they are lonely and they lack interaction with women. And what OnlyFans gives that other free stuff doesn't is women actually interacting with you and saying your name. So, that's so it's like a fraternity. I I don't know. I eh, like like do they do that type of stuff? I thought it was just like you know, topless pics and stuff like that. Do they talk to you? Is it like cam girls? It's basically it's Instagram. It's a, it's a mixture of Instagram and Twitter, basically. So it's like originally it was developed for like celebrities and people with big YouTube channels where it's like it's what it is, it's Patreon and Instagram mixed together. So Okay. So like Gordon, so it was initially for people like Gordon Ramsay, who is like, oh, if you join my OnlyFans, I'll give you like, you know, cooking videos tailored to you or whatever you guys want. 
but now it's so synonymous with porn that whenever you say, hey, do you want to, jo- I'm subscribed to Gordon Ramsay's OnlyFans. It's like the first thought that comes in your head is like, wait, what? Shirtless Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> What's he doing with the carrots? <laughs> He's just uh, yeah. cooking, but shirtless. Do you think a brand like that could ever be repaired? Like, do you think it'll ever not be porn? Like, I think OnlyFans trapped themselves here in a financially good bubble. But like, like then they decided, okay, we're gonna get rid of it because like, like it's like, like it's like it's like ground. like it's like Parlor. Parlor was one thing, and then Parlor became like the worst parts of the internet, and then spam porn in everyone's comments. And then no matter what could have been done for it, it was just entirely that. Or, or you know, it's like it's like Wendy's. What's Wendy's known for? People smoking crack in the bathrooms. So it's like, you know, you, you can only do so much to save a brand at this point. I wish, like, honestly, I, I oh. kind of I wish that uh, the OnlyFans would kick out all the porn stars because I need to take an Uber to the airport. And Uber barely works here anymore. So one thing I just saw, because I was just browsing Twitter for some reason. Don't ask me what. I don't Thank know. Thank you for OnlyFans accounts. Uh uh, I see that, like, apparently OnlyFans is calling off its plan to ban the sexually explicit content following an uproar from creators. Wait, so they said now they're 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 reversing what they said they were going to do? Yeah. I guess enough of the sex workers were like, uh, we like we do and we make a shit ton of money. Can we keep that train rolling? What if this was just a giant marketing ploy? It would make a lot of sense. Because I've been hearing about that all week from people who like would never talk about it. You've got pe- everyone's an OnlyFans expert. It's like every, like a month ago, everyone was like a medical expert, and this week, like everyone's like an like a foreign policy expert in like Afghanistan. It's like now everyone is like into OnlyFans and stuff, and it's like I'm not. I haven't spoken about it because like I don't, I don't freaking care about it. Yeah. This is this is this is freaking dumb. I would pay for Gordon Ramsay's OnlyFans. If I tell people that now, like what Zed mentioned, it's like they're just gonna think it's porn. Yeah, it's I like, bet he has a great OnlyFans. Yeah. Does he still have an OnlyFans? Maybe. He just he he probably just like like but just you can see cooks you but can, shirtless. You can see how much OnlyFans has Funny. had an effect on our society and culture because it's like, you know, we always make jokes. It's like, oh, you're broke. Oh, why don't you start an OnlyFans? Ha ha ha. You know, it's like it's associated with that kind of material. And mm-hmm. they they made a, such an image for themselves. It's gone on unchecked. Then now if they try to get rid of it, they're going to literally destroy their entire business model. Yeah. And we've seen, I mean, you know, you, you've seen the memes like afforded my first house at 26 like, because of OnlyFans or something. There was a, there was a Twitch streamer, some, some woman who made... Five million dollars in one hour because she posted a topless photo of herself behind a paywall on OnlyFans. I was watching. uh, I was watching Logan Paul's podcast, and uh, they were talking about it. She's like, "Yeah, I never have to work again. I make so much money streaming video games, doing YouTube vlogs, and posting half-naked photos of myself most of the time. I don't even have to show full nudity anymore. That I don't have to work." For a day for the rest of my life. I feel I feel like this lots of simple lords. Well, I feel like this the reason why this is a thing in our society, I feel like 
a lot of it has to do with there's a large population of young men who are just lonely and they they find this as the only alternative because they probably just given up and i feel like it's a problem in our society that we're gonna have to deal with sooner or later whose problem is that though apparently is saying that apparently is saying like something like 50 to 60 percent of men 18 to 35 are are virgins or something like that or not 18 so like 18 to 25 or something like that like it's actually it's like, I, I don't see that as mutually exclusive though it's it's like the reports like men are having less less sex than their previous well, generations I, I think i get what zed's getting at because it's like if you're not having if you're, if you're not actually having sex or seeking out a partner what are you doing and then you're these people who subscribe to the only fans and all that because it's giving like, them what they want they want interaction so so i was uh I, I was recording an episode with a with a guest of mine beautiful woman very successful and she uh you know she she's trying to date she she wants to settle down ultimately but her her thing is like she's on all these dating apps and what she told me was that there are a lot of men who will lead with what they do for a living and they all basically fit the same profile and none of them have hobbies it's like they're just oh. hoping that if they lead with their job or their title or their skill or how much money they make it's almost like dating is turned into linkedin and i'm like so what usually does it for for you, whether or not, you know, after a date, you're going to go ahead and go out with a guy. And she straight up told me they spend so much time just agreeing with everything I say. When I ask them for something unique about themselves, they usually say nothing or, oh, I just work all the time or I go to the gym as if that's a replacement. And what I genuinely think, and, and we saw this when we were setting up uh, Derek's profile when we were looking at some of the other profiles for women I, I read a study I think it was through like popular mechanics or something where it's like women will tell you they're into stuff like hiking they all hike like, like, like they like, all do like, they, they all hike <laughs> according to Bumble like they, they women are more likely to list their hobbies but men are less likely to list their hobbies because they feel like they will be judged for their hobbies if they choose something either she's not interested in or she doesn't think is cool and from what I talked about with with her was I was like, is that usually a factor? And she's like, I usually don't care. I just want to see that they have something that genuinely makes them happy. And I think so many men have tried to craft themselves in the dating world for what they think women want, that when they don't achieve that absolute standard, they go into incel mode. And all she was arguing was, listen, you don't have to have a six pack. You don't need to make six figures. I, I want to see somebody who's genuinely comfortable and happy with themselves. And I see enough ugly couples out there or couples where you have an extremely attractive woman and an extremely like slumpy guy. It's like, I, I don't, I don't understand this excuse where it's like, well, you know, women, w women don't give me intention. It's like, maybe you're just not worth it because you don't do anything. You're not interesting. You're not doing anything to make yourself interesting. Yeah. I used uh, to think it was something more, but now I'm starting to think, no, maybe it's their fault. I also feel like, you know, like uh, I see stuff, I see a lot of TikTok videos where like women are on these dating apps for complaints. Like every guy will list like his job and what he does for a living. And then he'll always post a picture of him like with a fish 
or like catching a fish or do doing something you know it's never just like a normal selfie and it's like i feel like men are conditioned into this society where they feel like their only value is judged off of how much they make and showing other people their accomplishments and that's that that's basically how they perceive society have society values men so maybe it's less about what men think women want it's more about what men expect of each other mm-hmm. i think it's what men expect it's like men it's it's like what men think society expects from them like because i i hear a lot of stories where it's like you know a lot a lot of reasons why a lot of people are incels is because they've been growing up being told by their parents like oh yeah if you're a decent nice guy and if you have a good job and if you can hold down good finances and you have you know and you have a lot of accomplishments and you're going to have no issue finding a partner but then when they get on the online dating world and they and it's a lot harder to actually get like matches and stuff they they lose confidence it's like i i did everything my parents have told me growing up but nothing's working and i feel that's what why uh they're in this they they fall into inceldom you know what i mean i can see that to a degree you, you know i think it, it i mean i i talk about this in other episodes like what what was one of the moments in my life where I I felt like I actually was happier with myself was when I was going and seeing a therapist and like right there, like a lot of men just avoid a therapist at all costs. But honestly, like at one point, one of my therapists got, because I had a couple, one of them just literally like got in my face and she was like, admit you're not happy. Admit you're not happy because of the things that aren't making you happy and say it out loud. And when I realized that, I said it, and I'm like, okay, now what? And she's like, do the things that make you happy. It sounds freaking stupid, but it was simple. But the problem was I was in denial about a lot of stuff. I, yeah. I think when 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 men are, you know, you know, I call it like the party principle. Like people want to go to the party of music and where people are laughing and smiling. No one wants to go to the party where everyone is standing in a corner and nobody is talking to each other. I think that positivity overall, even, you know, you don't have to be the happiest person on earth. Like there are good days and there are bad days for a reason, but people who are confident in themselves and are genuinely happy in themselves are more likely to attract other people like that, whether through friendship for work opportunities or in dating. Yeah. I feel like social media kind of plays a role. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, nowadays apparently the new norm for dating is all online apps and stuff. You know, if you, if you were to go 20 years ago, uh, back, back 20 years ago, the way to meet people is actually to go outside and go into social gatherings and stuff like that. So after high school, a lot of guys will just, you know, they, they won't be as social as they were in high school. So they're not actually meeting people in person and with them being antisocial, and say caught up with work or their career or whatever, and they don't have time for social events. The only thing they have to resort to is online dating. And a person can't really judge a person for who he is just based on a picture and a, and a bio. You actually have to be with that person, you know, face-to-face, actually gauge, am I attracted to this person? Do I like this person? You know, can I converse with this person? Instead of looking at a picture and do I like it or do I not like it? And just make up your decision that way. 
Derek, you've been jumping into the dating pool more aggressively this summer. Well, I mean, aggressively is not the right word. Like you've been, you've been more proactive in jumping into that. Um, yeah. I mean, do, do you agree or disagree with Zed? I, I, I agree with him to a degree. I mean, I'm probably not the best person to ask just because the last two dates I attempted to go on, I was stood up both times. Yeah. You, you want to so. talk, you want to talk about that? I could talk about it a little bit. Um, so oh, okay. I tried to, I tried to go on a date, um, well, twice actually, and the first time was somewhat understandable because, like we we talked about it like about a little like about a week and a half in advance. I, I message her, I ask her if she wants to catch up, and um, that she wants to get some coffee, and and you know we set up a time a date in a place, and we both agreed to it. Um, now this is before I actually had her real number because I was doing it over Facebook Messenger. Um, you know, so we just kind of, I just kind of thought, okay, well, we, you know, we said date and time, I will be there. So I went there and I waited and I waited. I gave her about an hour and then I tried to, well, at, at like the half, at like when I got there, I messaged her saying, hey, I'm here. Uh, I'm sitting on the sitting on the outdoor patio, waiting, and I got nothing. And then I waited, waited about thirty minutes. And I said, "Hey, uh, do you know where this is?" And then, like, I got nothing. And then I then I, I, like because I, I I we were gonna be at noon, so at one o'clock I cut it off. I was like, "You're not showing up very clear. I've given you an hour." So, so I sent so I sent her a message and I said, "Hey." Um, I, I'm guessing you're either not coming at this point or you've forgotten. If you've forgotten, that's fine. Here's my number. If you want to try this again, please send me a text. So, so I, at that, at this point, I went over to the local Thai place. I got some lunch there because I was hungry and I hadn't eaten anything and I wasn't going to eat there because I didn't feel like it. So, um, and then she texts me later that same day. Like um, like actual text saying, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Like, like, would you like try us again? How do you forget uh, to go on a date? Well, because like I Zed gives me shit about this. Uh, like we didn't neither of us confirmed it. And you know, like we didn't like we didn't talk it's like earlier saying, Hey, you still good for this or whatever. Um, and you know what? That that part's understandable. You know, we didn't frequently message each other saying anything like, oh, I'm ready for this date or anything like that. We just kind of went on it. So we set up a new date, new time. Um, we we're going to, we we're going to meet half again, have coffee. Um, and this time it was more of a breakfast thing. She suggested the time because she said she was a morning person. She wanted to do an early, like an early, you know, breakfast coffee date. And I was like, I'm good with that. Um, so we set up date and time. Um, I, and we, this is the day before we confirmed the day before the time and the place. I, I go in the morning, you know, 9am. I text her as soon as I get there, just saying, Hey, I'm here standing outside and half hour passes still on here. You know, I get nothing from her and this is normal texting. We confirmed the day before. Uh, I, Text again and say, "Hey, what's like? 
are like, are you coming? And like, I still get nothing. At this point, it's like, you know, I get her 30 minutes and I'm just like, okay, well, uh, you know, I'll do the same thing. I'll give her an hour. You know, maybe she slept in or got held up at the gym or something. Like, things happened. Like, gym. she said she was going to go to the gym. Like, because she said, because her words were she's a morning person. She wanted to work out first. Like, uh, and, and, you know, she, I give her the hour. She doesn't show up. I sent her a text just saying, hey, like, you, like, I'm I'm getting a coffee and a bagel and then I'm leaving. Like because I'm hungry and I want to eat breakfast. <laughs> um so like if you didn't want to see me, you could have just told me that. Um, but if but like that's that's what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna leave because I'm guessing you're not coming at this point. You know, I I wasn't being mean about it. I was, no, I mean like, what what you said was was assertive, but it was based off what had just happened. Anyone would feel that way, except other people would come into two things. They would, I, well, three things. They would either ignore it. They would either be passive about it because they lack confidence. And they'd be like, oh, well, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe we could talk about it later. And I actually think you went with the best option, which you just stated like, hey, like, you know, once I understand it, but this time, like, I, I, I feel like it's personal. Yeah. And like, especially when we come up with a date and a time beforehand. Now, now she did end up texting me later that same day. But it's at this point, it's like 2.30 p.m., I think it was. And she tells me she just woke up. Yeah. Now, but she said she was a morning person. Yeah, she was. A, <laughs> exactly. That's, I was very confused by this, too. Um, and I was like, you just woke up? And she, she claimed that, like, they're... She claims she sleeps because of anxiety. I believe that was the phrasing. Um, I'm not gonna go into too much detail on that, but like, but she she basically texted back saying she apologizes and she wanted to make it up. Like she wanted to make it up to me, and she offered to do donuts, but she also was talking about eating healthier. And me being some of a gentleman, I wanted to do something with her where we could both enjoy a meal, you know, and just like eat and talk. And, and she's telling me that she doesn't eat, which I was very confused by. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't eat. And she's like, I'm trying to eat healthier. And I'm like, well, we can do healthy things. I'm more than down for healthy things. I'm actually trying to be healthy myself. Um, and, and, you know, she's like, oh, I can just watch you eat. And I'm like, that's not comfortable for, for either of you. She has to watch you you eat. You have to eat in front of her. And then she kind of somewhat agreed to something but the problem was it just didn't work out because i i had made plans with other people for certain times and she wanted to do things on certain other like it just didn't work and at this point we haven't really talked about a future date because like i I don't i don't think you should i think i think you deserve better than how you've been treated yeah i think it's just it's just not gonna work out like Sean, if you were in Derek's situation, would you try and do a third date or would you leave it? Because I think he should leave it. I don't think I, I think she's being disrespectful. So let me speak on behalf of my girlfriend because I know she spoke to Derek. She did. Yes. You shouldn't have given her a third chance because it's a clear indication. And that's well, a woman. Well, at least I'm not getting stuck up a third time. 
because we never tried a third time. So, <laughs> so in my, sorry, Zed, uh, basically my point of view, Derek, and my, my past experiences getting stood up and everything and the way she's kind of like, she could have shown a lot more effort. And the fact that, and my dad has said this, a lot of people have said it, and it all connects to, if she really wanted to show a clear effort, yeah, she would have called you. She yeah. would have Oh yeah, she, she, she could have called anytime. I could have called her at any time. I, I did not call her. I will admit that. Maybe I should have tried to do that, but like, I just, I didn't do that. I thought we were texting just fine. I thought we were had a plan and, and I thought that plan was good, but she claims that she missed her alarm and slept till 2 PM. Um, so like, like it's one thing if like, if you're feeling sick and you didn't want to come, Tell me beforehand. Just say, "Hey, I'm not feeling well today. Can we do another time?" Like, if if you're honest with me and upfront, I'm I'm fine with that. And you know, even if like, okay, I slept longer because I wasn't feeling well, I would have accepted that explanation. Zed, third try or or end it. So stuff like this, like situations like this, is why I kind of feel why so many men are turned off from dating nowadays. Because if you think about it, this. This isn't like something out of the ordinary for Derek. This is a very common thing that I've noticed. And it's like, you know, I feel like there's a lack of common courtesy. And I feel like a lot of men feel disrespected or not worth anything because of things like this, where, you know, a man will have the confidence to ask out a woman for a date and the woman will, will give him his number and he feels like he's achieved something. And then when they plan everything out and everything like that, and then the guy makes an effort to actually go there, be on time, and he just sits there and waits and nothing happens with no reply. And it happens again and again and again and again. I feel that's why you're seeing a lot of men just turned off from dating and this rise in inceldom and et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's just the way our society, I don't know, it has dating always been like this? Like when your parent, RJ, like when your parents were dating or Doyle, when your parents were dating, was this disrespect or lack of communication uh, like common? I, well, I feel, I feel like you have like to acknowledge that there's a lack of cell phones, right? Because yeah, it's just I, mean, like- I think technology has really made it more common because, and, and you know, like I, what I, what worries me is like how we communicate like if I send you something, I, you know, here, here's how I'll say it because we're so easily accessible to all the time, anywhere on earth, it has kind of ruins the art of conversation. I actually wrote, uh, two, two postcards and, and I actually filled out the, like the entire body of it. And I wrote in cursive to two colleagues of mine in Atlanta, who I could have very easily sent an email to or a text to or a phone call or a tweet or something to, but I wrote them a letter. Now I don't do that often. I'm not going to make it sound like I do, but I do that for very certain situations where I really want to convey something. And when they got it, like they're like, you know, no one's ever, no one ever writes me a letter, but I really felt like it was genuine. And you write letters, Sean, Sean, we didn't know you could read. Yeah. So what? I thought I only read maps. Big You're thing, and I just pictures. This okay, bothers so. you all to no end, and I know for a fact. But I prefer either like FaceTime or phone call because my dad 
very old school. I like person to person. Yeah, I like I'll, I'll answer texts and stuff like that. But personally, I love to one on one, and that and one reason why my and my boss has asked me this why I've been heavily using the three days to go into work because I want to talk in person. Yes, I, yeah. I I love the fact that we have Zoom and all this other shit, but the fact is. I, I've always said I'm more productive saying everything one-on-one to you because I know we're going to get something straight and you're no, going to sh- see the emotion of all the topics that I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, and, and my I feel like did, with technology, it's disassociated a lot of that. So therefore <laughs> it's the internet affecting the real world because we've lost sight of communication and intention. And you could misunderstand what I say in a text. Like, RJ, I could sit, you could text me saying, hey, how, how, how are you feeling today? And I could say, good. But you could think that in four different ways. Yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, like with everything I do with social media, when people really ask me, it's like, what, what does a social media planner or social media expert do? Like, really, I, I describe my job as behavioral understanding. Like my, my job is really to understand online behaviors and what I can do to incentivize a certain reaction from content. And overall, like I think social media, I think the internet is a net positive on humanity, but to yeah. say that it also hasn't caused some actual damages in some way would be, would be a lie. And, and everyone kind of understands that now. But, but to answer your question, Zed, no, I, I don't think – uh, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that in our parents' generation, you know, obviously people would get stood up for something, but I think it's way more common now than ever before. Yeah. And I mean, to close out, you know, with the closing question, what do you think um, is the cause for both sides, men and women, you know, um, why do you think ghosting and standing people up and not being straightforward. If someone's asking you that they're interested in you and you say yes when you're clearly not interested in them, all these things that we're seeing, what do you think is the cause? Like, why do you think it's so prevalent nowadays? I mean, at least in my scenario, I feel like like what happened, you know, it's just like we, like the, like the two of us communicate well, at least over the texts, but... I mean, you know, I've heard like maybe she just didn't, you know, want to meet me for whatever reason. And she's afraid of saying real reasons as to why, because she thinks I might be angry, but I wouldn't be like, I mean, I'm not that person, but she doesn't know that. Like, uh. I think I think consumer culture has bled into our relationships. And, you know, this is coming from somebody who's like a cold-hearted free market capitalism. But, I mean, you know, I I just said all that stuff about the internet. Now, everything we get from when we've been growing up is instantaneous. We can get it whenever we want. We can modify everything however we want. We can send things back. We don't have to commit to things. We could buy things on credit. We could get a free trial. We can get so much without having to give anything. And, you know, like with, with my, uh, you know, my female guests, as I was talking about, one thing she mentioned was that she feels that men will ask her out in hopes of her saying yes, and then they will ghost her. And she thinks that it's because men don't want anything other than to know they could get something. 
And I think in some ways, like I've been thinking about that, and I think some men are, are the same way, and I think women are the same way too. Women want to know that they're desired and that they that that people want them and that people think things about them, but they don't want anything beyond that. And I, I think men are, are almost sometimes the same way. I think it's less about what one gender is doing to the other, and I think it's more about what we're doing to each other. And I think it's because we have a lack of social institutions outside of school. The workplace is the only other place where we're going to be forced to interact with each other. Like people yeah. don't do things as much. People don't think, well, I mean, like, you know, Doyle does communal sports. When I went back home, you know, like I, I was part of different organizations. Uh, Zed, you're active in your mosque. Um, like, you know, D- Derek, D- Derek, do you do anything like that? <laughs> I, I used to be, I, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, I wasn't so, saying that to call you out. I'm just saying, no, like, no, you know, I know. people, I, people I, don't so, do, people don't go to get really involved with things to really interact with others in a yeah. more like non-work associated sense than they used to. Yeah. I, I used to, um, go to like, like video game events at like at local places, but I've kind of, I kind of stepped back recently on that just because, I mean, well, part, partly because of the COVID, just because, you know, Vinny decided to, yeah, because the coof. Back in uh, the before times. The before, before times. Before, 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 before times. But like, I used to take place in them and I just don't anymore. Yeah, Sean. So actually, my coworker who she, she I'm not saying, because she's vaccinated, she was able to come to work, but, and I'm not, again, that's your choice, people. I, I am for it, you getting vaccinated or not. But the fact is, she's like, I, she felt coming into work and being able to work with me the, uh, the past three days, she's gotten a lot of work done because of that cohesive in-person talk. And I've always said that, like when we when we get together, I feel like we get a lot of shit done, or we talk a lot of shit done more in person. And honestly, because of COVID, yeah, it's pushed us more into the technology world, and with phones, Zoom, and everything, it's like I feel like a lot of. I, people, I just want to blame COVID though. Like it was like this before COVID too. Yeah, but it's it's enhanced it a lot more, and the fact is that yeah, we're, we're not getting that in-person feeling and being able to know truly how people feel. Like for the fact is Derek has a virtual background. How do I know he doesn't have a bunch of knives on his wall saying like, I'm going to commit suicide the next day. Yeah. He doesn't have like Jesus. a kill list. Yeah. It, like the guy that shot Reagan. No, I love so, you, Jody Foster. <laughs> like, saying, like I join a, yeah, I, I was very, very social. And I mean, I still am. I play with a lot of adult guys that play lacrosse as well as young bucks right out of college. So, yeah, I do a lot of sociable stuff, but I feel like technology plays a big role that the fact is like, yeah, my, our parents didn't have that much technology. So they wrote letters, postcards and everything like that. And it I was feel- very personal as opposed to what you can do now. Yeah, and, and I think Zed, I think Zed pointed out the probably the best word to describe it. It's just a lack of courtesy, like not even outright respect, like just doing 
the right thing, even when you don't necessarily want to. It's showing that courtesy that has just people become completely desensitized to that. Yeah, but the fact is it's easily for you to ghost someone over technology than feeling that in-person of me going up to Derek and saying, Derek, you're just... Get a haircut, man. <laughs> hey, my hair, my hair is beautiful. I know, I know. Luscious, brother, I, luscious. Nice and thick you hair. I will. <laughs> I, I didn't think of something, but oh. you know what I'm talking about. Like, it, yeah. it's the fact that I can't go up to RJ and say, you know what? I think you're a piece of shit, and I don't want to date you. I'd want to date me. I mean, uh, you can't I have wanna, me now. But. I mean, who who wouldn't want to date RJ? Who would? <laughs> I, who would? I, I, even when we went out to visit you, I wanted to sleep in the same bed with you, but because obviously. I got the purple mattress, not because you're a weirdo. <laughs> well, it's both. Actually, everyone wanted to try the purple mattress, and I'm like, "Fuck off, people!" I, I did not touch a purple mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. gonna wear shorts in the your, same bed. Your your couch was plenty comfortable. Yeah. So, Sean, you you make a lot of good points before you made it weird. Uh, let, let let's get final thoughts on this. Zed then Derek. Upside you first. Final thoughts. What's the question? You know, is it is it just technology's fault or is it something more about us? I think it's technology and I think society is going into downhill downhill like super fast. I don't know what it is. Just live your life, be close to God, and just be a good person. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself, Derek. I honestly think that is like there's just many many factors i think technology is a big part of it people just consume the news too much and like you know they're like they live in identity culture as opposed to their own life like because they just see all these big things they want to wrap themselves in and it's like hey I'll, i should be part of that instead of living your own life and focusing on your your job and your family and like what actually matters because you just see this big cause, you're like, oh, I could be, that. you know, that matters to me. But it's like, oh, what about what about the job you work, or what about the family that's right in front of you? What about the friends that you actually care about? Focus on that before you focus on any of that other shit. Right. That other shit, you can't do anything about that other shit. I know I can't, but I know what I can do for my friends. I know what I can do for my family. I can be there. I know what I can do for my job. Like I can make those. I can improve those things. I can make those things happen. But I can't, you know, go out and like, like change the entirety of the world. Like that's that's not me. I know that, you know, that's maybe so. Maybe one of you are out there can. I, I'm just not that person. But you can make a difference. I can make a difference where it matters the most, which is always at home. Yeah, with family, friends, and everything, and like your family, friends, and work. Yeah. What matters most. Derek, I could not have said it better myself. So I think we've got a good wrap-up point. I didn't know where this episode was going to go, but you start with the laugh and you end with a good meaning. It's a family show, a degenerate family show, but it works out. As always, I want to thank you all again. Please make sure to keep the conversation going. Leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to the show across Al Gore's amazing internet. And please go ahead and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O. Hey, Remso, let's keep the conversation going. And because we need to once again grace your ears, we're going to do the final send-off. Zed, please hit play. I didn't change this for the world, and... 
You want to know why? Because I got my best friend behind me. I've never been closer to anyone before. And so what? I'm full of gas and you're a pain in my ass. You won't catch me crawling out that door. We've got to stick. around yeah, let's do it. no <laughs> I would- good night america good night america <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>